Welcome one, welcome all to another edition of Third and One from the Gun. I'm your host, Mitchell Blair, and we're talking CFL and a little CFL wagering. We are down to the final four. On Sunday night, we will know what two teams will play in the 109th Great Cup at Regina's Mosaic Stadium as the division finals go on Sunday. Montreal plays Toronto, BC's in Winnipeg. I'm going to get into the meat and potatoes of those games in a couple of minutes. But first, just want to go back to the divisional semis where I was 1-1. One and one. I took Montreal and Calgary, the Eastern semifinal. Yeah, it was a little more Montreal than I thought it would be. But in the end, Trevor Harris and the Alouettes were too much for a Hamilton team that once again didn't get the quarterback play that was needed as a disappointing season comes to an end. Out west, I thought Calgary could use a strong running attack to knock off Nathan Rourke and the Lions, but that didn't happen. And I mean that strong running attack didn't happen. I'm not going to sit here and say Calgary beat themselves in this game because BC was the better football team, but... Man, I was surprised to not see Calgary utilize that run game even more. Give credit to the Lions for making the Stampeders try to beat them through the air, but Calgary also shot themselves in the foot by not converting two third and short situations in BC territory. With the defense allowing BC to continue some scoring drives by taking a couple of second down penalties that you just can't take in any game, much less a playoff game. As the game wore on... Calgary went to Bo Levi-Mitchell for what appears to be the final time. He tried to give Calgary a spark and had two drives that resulted in 10 points while having some success in what just about everyone believes was his last appearance in a Calgary uniform. Who's kidding who? Bo even went to Instagram to say goodbye to Calgary. Before moving on to my thoughts and what way I'm going to lean with my picks this weekend, I want to talk about Bo Levi-Mitchell and where he might end up. A lot of people think he's going to trade in Calgary Red for Saskatchewan Green. I'm not so sure of that. Bo Levi's a a good quarterback, but he's not the Bo Levi he used to be. If he was, Calgary wouldn't be casting him aside. They wouldn't have signed a younger Jake Meyer to a contract extension and given him the reins. I'm sure GM John Huffnagel would love for Mitchell to stay, but he knows that can't be done for many reasons. With a Saskatchewan team seemingly in need of a starting quarterback since it looks like they're moving on from Cody Fajardo, many believe this is a natural fit. I ask this, though. At this time, why would Bo Levi want to entertain an offer from Saskatchewan? He surely doesn't want to put a body in its mid-30s behind an offensive line that gave up 77 sacks this season. Well, you know that old line will be upgraded. Will it be enough for Mitchell to even consider moving one province over? This time, the Riders don't have an offensive coordinator after telling Jason Moss to hit the road. And the team's already said that both GM Jeremy O'Day and head coach Craig Dickinson will be back. I gave my thoughts on that last week in the podcast. Would the Riders throw the most money at Mitchell to lure him over, and would that be enough? At this time, I, I just don't think so. In fact, I think if Mitchell decides he wants to continue his career, and I think he does, he wants to go to a place where he can hoist the Grey Cup high and maybe go out a winner. And who can blame him for that? So with that being the case, I want to look around the league, and arguably the only team right now set at quarterback for next season is Winnipeg. As you know, Zach Caleros isn't going anywhere. If Nathan Rourke were to land an NFL job, and one has to think the interest in Rourke down south is high, despite that foot injury that 
ended what would have been a record-setting campaign, Mitchell might want to look at BC and end up with the Lions. I'm sure owner Amar Doman would love that. If that were to happen, though, it would mean the end of the short Vernon Adams tenure in BC. The Elks have Taylor Cornelius and Canadian Trey Ford, and while Mitchell would be an upgrade and create some salacious storylines for games between Calgary and Edmonton, I don't see it. We know about the case in Saskatchewan, so let's look east. I don't see Montreal swapping out Trevor Harris for Mitchell, but I could see Hamilton making a run for him, especially after the less-than-stellar performance of Dane Evans this year, and I wonder if Toronto thinks Mitchell would be an upgrade over McLeod Bethel-Thompson. I also think Toronto would offer the most money for Bo's services, but that thought process could change depending on how far the Argos get. Ottawa also intrigues me, but like Saskatchewan, they're a team in flux right now when it comes to a coaching staff, and I don't think Ottawa wants to rid themselves of both Jeremiah Masoli and Nick Arbuckle for Bo. Both of those guys I don't think would be very happy, and they would want out if Mitchell came to the nation's capital. I also just don't see Ottawa being a place where Bo wants to go. If there's any books offering odds right now as to where the 32-year-old ends up, I haven't seen it. But I'd make Hamilton the odds-on favorite as it stands right now. Okay, let's go to my thoughts on the division finals. Can the Montreal Alouettes knock off the Argos and A, go to their first Grey Cup since 2008, and B, will they hand the Argos their second straight loss at home in the Eastern Final? As I look at this game, I think the onus is on a Toronto defense that frankly didn't get the respect I think it deserved this year. That unit led the league in creating 48 turnovers. Defensive back Jamal Peters was the league's interception leader with six, with Jagirid Davis, who seemingly sees his season end every year at the Grey Cup, becoming a force as he had five of his seven sacks in the second half of the season. One would have to think the pedestrian nature of Harris will mean Davis can add to that total. If he and the Argos do win the East Final, it will be the sixth straight Grey Cup game that Davis has played in. If Toronto can get to Harris, they'll win this football game. Montreal's 2-7 and seven this season when allowing three or more sacks. But if they allow two or less, they're 7-2. and two. I'd expect Montreal to give Toronto a steady dose of both William Stanback and Walter Fletcher like they did last week against Hamilton. Those two will have to give Harris some second and manageable situations where he can get the ball out quick to have success. Games between these two were close this year, and I expect nothing different in this one. It could come right down to the last play. Montreal's defense took over the Eastern semifinal by making some plays, and I think that's the script that plays itself out here. At the end of the day, I think Harris does a little more than his counterpart, Bethel Thompson, and because of that, I'm going to go with the visitors on the money line. Yeah, 70% of home teams have won the Eastern final since 1972, but I'm going to buck that trend here and take the visiting team. By the way, Toronto, take a look at the numbers. They're not that great when they host the Eastern final. As for the Western Final, this is the matchup everyone wanted to see after Nathan Rourke returned. The BC Lions visit Winnipeg. It's the first time these two teams will have ever met in a Western Final. Yeah, that stat surprised me when I first saw it, too. You know what Winnipeg's all about? They're looking for a third straight Grey Cup. That hasn't been done in 40 years. They're virtually unbeatable at home, and they're the only team to beat Rourke this season Doing that in B.C. in Week 5 as Winnipeg took a 43-22 win. While B.C. did win one of the three games between the two, remember the Lions did that when Kolaros was given a rest late in the season. Now, Winnipeg has been here before. They know what they have to do to win. B.C. is going to have to be virtually perfect, and Rourke's going to have to have 
his best game of the season if they were to walk out of Winnipeg with a victory. The Lions are going to have to find a way to handle the Bombers. Their voracious fans and the forecast, which should be around minus six at kickoff, which really when you think about it for Winnipeg isn't that bad. Having work get showcased at the Grey Cup would be a great thing for the CFL, but I just don't see it happening. In fact, the Lions' four most recent road playoff games have resulted in defeats by an average of 31.5 points. The deficit, 40, 27, 26, and 33. At halftime, BC was behind in those games by scores of 28-0, 32-0, 24-6, and 15-3. Add that up, and it's a total of 99-9. I hope we don't see that on Sunday. I, I don't think we will. Winnipeg's just too strong on both sides of the ball. And while I don't think we'll see a shootout, although that would be fun, I just see Winnipeg being able to outlast their opponents and make the big plays at the right time on both sides of the ball. Take the Bombers, take them to cover as they do what they've done so many times this season, which is pull away in the fourth quarter. So to recap, I've got the Alouettes facing Winnipeg in the Grey Cup. Take Montreal on the money line and take the Bombers to cover. Whether you fade or tail, these picks is up to you. What's also up to you is to find the best return of investment. There can be a wide disparity in these games when it comes to the wager you put down and what book you want to put it down on. Check the tools at your disposal and make the bet that will bring you the best return. It may only be a couple of dollars, but hey, I'd rather take home 55 than 50, and I think you'd say the same thing. That's all I got for this week. I'm Mitchell Blair. Thanks a lot for listening. This has been third and one from the gun. Enjoy the games, and I'll talk to you next week when we talk about the 109th Grey Cup. Have a great week, everyone.